You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into <laughs> it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. I have some funny stuff to tell you too. I've gotten a bunch of offers to be a spokesperson for people. You know how you get that on Instagram all the time? Oh, yeah. They're just like, we want to like do this thing. They're all for sex toys and weed. (gasps) How come no one's asking me to sell sex toys and weed? You should. (laughs) Pass it on to me. No, seriously. Okay, just so you know, we're ranked 57 in the category for relationships in Canada. Yay! 90th in relationships in Australia. 138th in relationships in the United States. 194th in spirituality in Canada. And are you ready for what we are in spirituality in the U.S.? What? 221st. (laughs) That's a lot of podcasts. Hey, you know, but at least we made it on the list. I feel good about that. Cool. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Your Favorite Ants. I am Kevin. And I am Sarah. And you only get to introduce yourself if you sing uh, your name on this show. So welcome back to the show where we have a lot of opinions and um, maybe a few drinks in us. This week, I'm drinking a hard cider from Atlanta Hard Cider Co., and what are you drinking, Sarah? What's on your... I'm drinking a wine from Trader Joe's. <laughs> but it's not the Trader Joe brand. It's actually it's a really cute... It's not two buck chuck? No, it's a really cute branding, too. So I should get the bottle, but it's over there. It's fine. Um, and you also decanted it, which I don't know... What, I don't even know what that means, personally. So I have a decanter that um, opens up the tannins, and so you pour it in... What the fuck is a tannin? <laughs> Like literally, I don't know what a tannin is. It's the it's kind of that thing that like uh, it's one of the palate tastings, the the tannin. But now that you say that, I don't actually know what a tannin is. I just I can it's the taste. It like it's a opens flavor it profile. It's a thank so you. It, it causes the the flavor profile of tannin right. to open to up. be more pronounced. Right. So t- ha- a wine that has a lot of tannins have legs. You know, when you like pour and you see the legs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the drier wines. Mm-hmm, which I okay. like. So I like Same. a earthier, darker, sometimes the word tobacco is used or oak in relation to the kind of wine I like. Oak. So, mm-hmm. A nice oaky afterbirth. Yes. Afterbirth. Mm-mm. Do you know what I'm referencing? Mm-mm. There's a it's a funny line when somebody's trying to like be really fancy and they're just like oh yeah it has a nice oaky afterbirth and they're being <laughs> completely serious it's like in a it's in a in a movie I feel like it's something I would say just because I'm terrible at, you know I get all the lyrics wrong and you know, I mean I think it would just like if you said it you just have to own it like that's the thing with anything if you go into it just like I really think I'm right um, maybe people will offer a correction and if you're always open to being wrong you'll never be embarrassed. Yeah. I think I am kind of open to being wrong. Like, I think I find myself 
Like I take myself, like I don't take myself seriously a lot of the time. You don't take yourself seriously? Do you think I am too serious about myself? Girl, the way that you stress out about yourself and like your future and all the things, I think you take yourself very seriously and that's not a bad thing. But I also think that you could stand to like, and I think you're getting, I think you're getting to a place where you're not taking yourself seriously. Um, But I also like, this is what I mean. Like, I want to reframe the idea of taking yourself seriously because honestly, I take myself very seriously. Like, I know what I, my, the business I do, the work I do is really important. The people I serve, it's helping shift their life in the direction of something really good. Um, and I take that role very seriously. And the thing, the thing I do not take seriously is anybody's expectations. Mm. That's what I don't take seriously. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. I think I, Take myself seriously, but I also think that I don't have to be right. Like I feel like I hold mm-hmm. that a little loose. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think you have to be right. You, but I would say you take yourself a little too seriously sometimes. You're definitely open to being right, but you're just, you know. I think I think people who you're a little hard on yourself. I think that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at. You're a little hard on yourself sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. You're better. You're getting better at it for sure. Um, I mean, I'm a. Three on the Enneagram, if you believe in the Enneagram cult. I do. Um, I do, too. Last night, um, a guy asked me, he said, well, he didn't ask me. He just stated, wow, I feel like Enneagram is the new, what's your sign? It's Christian Zodiac. It's the Christian Zodiac. Like, they they won't tell you that. It's true. Right? Because it guides us. It leads us. It makes us think, oh, this relationship, like friendship or whatever. Not to mention it's super ambiguous. Super it's, helpful. Uh, super helpful. And uh, allows you to kind of like explain, like it puts language to some of your neuroses so you can learn to get over them. But too many people is like, oh, I'm just, you know me. When people just like cite their Enneagram for the reason that they have bullshit. And I'm like, you're not your number, baby. No. And at the no. same time, as an eight, I am just... On the inside, hot fire, burning up, want to fight somebody. <laughs> I love it. Either sleep with them or fight them. That's what your brain is doing every time you meet someone. It's either, yeah, either either I want to <laughs> sleep with them, I want to fight them, or I don't think anything about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I feel like... like- that's Later also, we'll- that's one of my favorite phrases and refrains, too, is like when someone says, what do you think about X? I'm just like, I don't. Who is that from? You told me that. Uh, Whitney Houston in a like Houston. early 90s interview. Like somebody just, they had like uh, Mariah Carey on the show before. And she's like, what do you think about Mariah Carey? And she goes, what do you think about, I don't, I don't think about her. Which is like, oh, that is just like diva. I mean, well, here's the thing is like, I, I think, I, I really think what it was, was like a lot of times, like, you know, within like the music industry, they're always trying to pit women against each other. And so I feel yeah. like. That's what she was saying. It's just like, I'm not focused on Mariah's career because a lot of people were like trying to say that Mariah was coming for Whitney's bag. They have two different bags, though. You know? <laughs> That's such a good analogy. We have yeah. different bags. And I think that has been and, one of the most freeing things about getting older for me is the reality mm-hmm. and realization that um, a lot of times people are always trying to compare me to other people doing the same work as me. And so fucking annoying. And, uh, and we did that to ourselves, too, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the reality mm-hmm. was like, 
wait a minute, that's an attitude of scarcity. Like there's only so much and people will only be able to hear it from so many people. But I think like, I even remember this adorable young pastor was coming into our conference where um, I've been serving as a pastor and they were like, oh, she's cute like you. Like she cares about fashion and stuff. Like, is it going to be weird to be like- She cares about fashion and stuff? Jesus. I know, right? Uh, And they're like, are you scared that like, she's going to take over your spot in the like, whatever. And I was like, no, (laughs) she's great. I like her. It's like, they were trying to like, uh, pit women against each other. Maybe. Yeah. Like the celebrity death match. Like, no, we're great. And I think that's like, that's like, again, it's like, like nobody can be like you. Like, that's like the, the interesting thing about like, they taught us all that we're all special stars. But then when we got to like 13 and 14, like when we're like, old enough to play in varsity sports and old enough to try out for the senior production or like the high school production. And there's a pecking order all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. there are people who are better or worse than you. And then they never, they never, they never teach collaboration over competition. At least they didn't teach me that. Ooh. Yeah, no, especially not. And we'll get into that in a minute. Cause we are going to talk about toxic masculinity today because yeah, why not? It's, why Friday. Not? it's Friday, um, but um, I want to, I want to check in with you. I want to know. Me. Yeah, how how the hell are you, Sarah? How do you feel? Mm, I'm exhausted today. Uh, Girl, same. I stayed same, up too same, late, same. but it was worth it. Um, I had a former youth. I was a youth pastor for six and a half years, and one of my youth is now 24, and she has just turned into <sighs> a delightful human. Um, and she loves wine. And so that's the, the best. I, have, I know she brought over like this lovely wine, um, and. She and I had this incredible conversation and I was sort of lamenting about some things mm-hmm. and she is just maybe, and she's gone through a lot. Her parents got divorced recently. She's gone through a lot. And so I was saying, oh, I wish this would happen or I wish that would happen. And she said, yet. She kept interrupting me with the word yet. Hello, come on. I'm so glad somebody else is saying it for me. I know. And I was like, <laughs> she's like, I think she's like, I just hear about, I just think about your future. And I get so excited. Yeah. And it's not that she's naive. She's just positive. She's like, I'm so excited because I honestly believe in my life that the best is ahead of me. And mm. I believe that for you too. And so maybe right now I'm just the person who says yet. And I just thought, oh, what like an incredible. And you then were like, she's, damn, though. Uh-huh. I wasn't then, ready for that wisdom. I know. And, and throw in the fact that she said, which I just thought was so lovely. Sarah, I, you know, my achievement or who I've become is because of how you were in my life. And I was just like, uh. <laughs> 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 so Fuck, I, stayed up, dude. I stayed up late last, late last night after she left, just thinking through some other things I'm just super grateful for, like the people in my life. Mm. So I feel like I'm, I'm good. I'm tired. I also interviewed my mom for my other podcast this morning. And it was, oh. we're doing like a special Mother's Day. So half of it's in English and half of it's in Spanish. Um, Josie's interviewing her mom in Spanish. Oh, that's so cool. Um, And then translating. But we're like, no, this is going to be awkward for people. And it should be. Mm-hmm. But uh, talking to my mom and just hearing her express her experiences and she's very she's not a public speaker like she gets very so it's like mom mm-hmm. how are you doing and she goes i'm uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, i've thought about like trying to pull my mom on for a podcast but she always says like i don't want to say the wrong thing we have to go over the questions ahead of time and i'm like that's my that's, mom that's literally not the point of a podcast but like i get it 
And she was so cute. Like, she's like, I could tell in her head the whole time. She's like, is this right? Am I doing it right? And I just had, so I'm, I'm kind of coming today. Also, I know you'll fill us in, but uh, hearing that your stuff from today worked out well has me sort of mm. in a joyful place. I'm feeling a little bit joyful right now. Yeah, we love. We love. Listen, so how I, the hell are you? I'm in a positive headspace for the most part because Juan, Juan. Uh, this afternoon I had to go to traffic court for the accident I got into back in October. And ugh, I will edit that out. I hope I remember. <laughs> uh, probably won't if we're being honest. Um, so sorry for all of you who are grossed out right now. Um, I went to traffic court for the accident that I got into in October. Somebody ran a red light. I right. totaled my car, et cetera, et cetera. However, comma, the big issue was that our stories did not line up. The person I hit and like, like he said that he had a green or a yellow arrow. I knew that I had a green light and he also knows that he had the right of way. So who's right? Problem. Um, none of like you, like none of the witness testimonies are actually admissible in court because humans are bad at, at uh, remembering things. Like mm-hmm. uh, two, uh, it, because basically it's everybody's word against everybody else's right. word. You mm-hmm. need a camera. Guess what? There's no cameras at that intersection where we hit. So there's no cameras in most of America because of privacy laws. But keep going. Yeah, so long story short, we get into court. We're both sitting there. Me and the guy I hit, I'm like, well, this is about to get awkward. Um, But then the prosecutor looks at both of us and says, hey, I'm going to dismiss both of your charges. So, (coughs) What was the reason (sighs) for that? Inconclusive. There wasn't enough evidence. I think that's what happened with my lawsuit. Did you hear about that? I had, so three years ago, I had... I rear-ended someone, Mm. but when they did the investigation, by the way, she filed a lawsuit claiming emotional damage, uh, all this sort of stuff. I lost the car that was a representation. I, it was the first dream car that I ever Mm. bought. It was a convertible Mini Cooper that I had bought when I got away. I remember that one. I rode in that. That's the first one you gave me a ride to when I was driving around in Costa Mesa. No, with the top down. And it's just, it was a joyful thing. And I got it after a really difficult breakup, getting ordained, like all this sort of stuff. That car was like my dream car and I loved it. And it made me happy every day. And I rear-ended this girl when I had had a really rough day at work. And I thought it was so strange. And then she originally, she as soon as she got out of her car, she's like, make sure you go see a chiropractor and started like listing all these things I should do. So that was three years ago, um, four years now. And she... Uh, filed the lawsuit originally for $60,000 for damages. It was crazy. Anyway, That's like not even how much the car, your car was worth. No. And then it turned out she was like on her way to her lawyers. Like it was the weirdest story. And my um, investigators that came in, they had to total my car. My investigators that came in were like, your front and the front of her car has a lot of damage. She's claiming you were going this speed. There's no way because of the way the mm-hmm. off ramp is. We think she ran into the people in front of her and then I ran into her. So my insurance wouldn't settle with her, even though that would have been an easy thing to do. And just this year, it got thrown out the whole thing. Wow. So no points on your record, Sarah. You are free and clear. But that's so weird how it hangs over your head and you just sit there going. So that's why I was worried for you today. And I'm really happy for you now. I too am quite pleased. 
to have this thing. And um, uh, it was really quick. It was really simple. I mean, I do I miss mean, your car, though. I do miss my old car. I actually, when I was leaving the, the post office the other day, I accidentally tried to get into a red Nissan Versa. My car is now blue. It is a blue Nissan Versa. And I was like, <laughs> Liam Nissan, I miss you. Mm, oh, I forgot it was Liam Nissan. Liam Nissan. Nissan. Yeah. This might be Liam Nissan Jr., though, you know? Mm-hmm. Mine was, so I, my first, I had Suzy Q, the Subaru, which I loved, was one of my oh. Forester. And then I had, um, I called uh, my convertible Mini Cooper was Peppa. Cute. Because she's okay. British. Anyway, <sighs> I forgot we're recording a podcast, so we should it's, probably, no, we're I, checking it. Well, like, you know, but the thing about me is it's like all my podcasts are like this. People know this. So like now this is what you do, too. You're just it's this is a chat cast. People come for the the comedic timing and the personality. (laughs) Here we are. And when we upgrade our life to doing live Internet shows every week, like, oh, guys, and adding, oh, moving away from Instagram where it it just is too glitchy. It's too glitchy. We can't do all the things we want to do. We can't ever capture the guest sounds. And we're also going to be moving away from like the Zoom recording thing because uh, we've discovered a new platform that we're going to try out. Let's we're going to grow. Go. Yes. You know, shall we go for it? That's what Celine would ask. Shall we go for it? Yes. A hundred percent. So that's coming down the pipeline. So just be sure to follow all the socials on that. All right. Now we've come to the part of the show where we uh, complain about things or we just talk about things that we have a problem with. This is the airing of grievances. Me and Sarah both have this problem. I do not live in California, so this does not defect, affect me at all, really, truly. I mean, except for the fact that she is the worst representation of queerness ever. <laughs> Seriously, she's the worst. Caitlyn Jenner... Um, of keeping up with the Kardashians' fame, is running for governor of California. Not okay. First of all, let's just pause there before we get into it. Yeah. Why is why are celebrities why do celebrities think that they can run for things? I don't know. I I I literally. She's like, worse, well, it worked for Trump, and I'm like, Girl. what's worse is that people vote for them, right? That's the part that's like, I'm. It's kind of like when the kids, mm. like when you're in high school and the popular kids run to be senior class president, mm-hmm. and then you realize later that they're the ones who are going to have to be throwing your reunions, and they don't give a shit because they didn't give a shit in high school. They were just no. like a fun, cute kid. Yeah, and the unfortunately- girl that like wanted it really, really bad and like would have been great and would have like had an organization and a spreadsheet didn't get voted in because it was the cute guy that thought it was funny. Yeah, and it, like I, I think of that scene from. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, where the mm-hmm. white girl says, do you guys want to eat, be eating chimney changas every day? Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? I do want to fucking eat chimney changas every fucking day. <laughs> Caitlin. Um, now, he, the, the kicker to all this is like, I mean, Caitlin has, now also, like, I want to say, credit where credit is due in some way. I am happy anytime. Mm, this is actually the exception. This is the exception to the time when I would say any queer representation is good representation. This is not. This is bar none. The worst. I mean, congratulations, the, you're the worst. Yeah, she gets up there and I, but she's running as a Republican, mm-hmm. like as a GOP member, and so but like she's never shied away from this. That's the thing is that like, yes, she is a trans woman. 
She had a very, very public transition. She had a television show that I actually kind of appreciated because she had a diverse cast of trans women, like including trans women of color who were like, girl, you got to check your privilege. Mm. But it's it's like she learned, obviously, she learned nothing from that and continues to do that. <clears throat> and it bothers me. It mm-hmm. truly bothers me. I'm just like, this white woman, you know, was able to... She basically was like, you know, she's like, it's white privilege at its peak. Like, wh- like that's what money does for you, is it shields you from all sorts of things, including the fact that, like, your sister's aren't voting the way you're voting and you're actually voting against your own interests. Like it doesn't, like that's the thing. That right there. That is the thing. Um, I, not to take it in yet another political thing, I would like to air this grievance. Um, A bunch of people were posting about the fact that um, President Biden didn't wear a mask while giving the State of the Union. And then the other people were wearing masks and they were like, I thought you had to wear a mask, blah, 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 blah. If you're indoors, friends. Girl, you better listen to the CDC. They are all vaccinated. Every single one of them. They have been vaccinated. Since the beginning. The women in the background were wearing masks, even though they didn't need to. They were doing that as solidarity to remind us as the president. Now, had he worn a mask, these same people would have been all of on it now do exactly I president biden is the best no but absolutely is, not is it a the way that this is as COVID has shifted i have to say i am grateful yeah and i do not appreciate this just constant you know i mean like pick apart biden for for his policies you know he was the thing is like he wasn't violating any sort of COVID guidelines he was nope. following them to the t so fuck y'all's feelings about that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, can you so imagine, that. can you fucking imagine? Let's, I mean, I can, I can imagine if Trump was still president. Holy shit. You I bet mean, your ass I would have, I would have gone to, you and I would have gotten married and we would have claimed asylum in Canada, dead ass. It's so funny. We were on a, uh, the Kate and Colby show and we realized <laughs> that we're Kate and Colby only not married and opposite. So I am definitely Kobe and you're definitely Kate. Like 100%. Also, can I ask something? So I pronounce his name Colby with a hard L in it. And I hear other people say Colby, like almost as like an omission of the L, but it's almost there. Kobe, Colby. I would say Colby. You said Kobe just then though. Did I? Listen back later. Okay. But there's a, I've heard a couple we of people say receipts. <laughs> I you know and I also will admit maybe I heard it wrong could have heard it wrong it's okay. anyways um, yeah and also if you didn't catch us on the Kate and Colby show you should go back and check that out because it's really fun it's, fun. it's on YouTube I'm I got not like, fired up I did too plus like you're gonna be able to like join in on the fun once we get our show up and running in the same way um, here's what it would be great too if you could subscribe to their YouTube because they're trying to build that and they need to mm-hmm. get to 150 so they can name it. Like both Kevin and I have the privilege of having enough subscribers that it is, you know, if you find, look for you, it's under mm-hmm. your name and it's under my name and we want to get that for them as well. So I yeah. know they're pretty close to being able to have enough subscribers to be able to call it what it is so it's easier to find. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's best. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Um. So yeah, Caitlin, um, stop. 
That's what we have to say to you. Or that's what I have to say to you. Um, Caitlin, stop. Uh, people who are just being a butt about rules yeah. and uh, whatever. Guys, oh. we want to have our summer. So just. I, oh, I'm going to have my summer. Girl, no, here's the same. And here's the, here's the other thing, too. Is like if you. This is, I'm sure this is none of our listeners out here. I'm sure everyone out who's listening. And this is like what's so interesting. I really do think that the majority of the people who are in our circles and who quote unquote follow us, they're already vaccinated fully. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. us complaining about other people who then aren't not. getting vaccinated, it's like it is screaming into a void. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm going to do and what I have done? And this is, I think, a, something I'm going to do for my family is I'm going to like look up where in the area the vaccination site is and say, oh, did you know that they have appointments at, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8 a.m. and you can go there? It's a 24-hour site. You can just drive up. I'm going to get... (sighs) I can't explain what happened. So I was so sick, my second one, right? Mm -hmm. And I was so joyful. Mm. Because, I mean, you, you have to understand... I am not someone whose friends are all the same age. I have friends who are in their 80s. I have friends who are, um, some of my friends are immunocompromised. Like I, and as a solo human, who currently as of Mm. yet is not partnered, like Mm. it's been hard in ways that I didn't know. Same. And now that I can be out and about, like I get to go see people that I love so much and I'm not even... When I was seeing them outside and at a distance, it's not the same mm-hmm. to not think about that. Um, I know to, like, to go somewhere and like sit in a chair six feet away from somebody or further and to just be like, oh, yeah, this isn't weird at all. Huh? You know, death's all around us. Well, and the other thing is, is like the reality of understanding, you know, yeah. my I've learned a lot about myself in the last two years. And one of the things I've learned is I'm an affectionate person. You know, mm-hmm. um, you and I, when we're around each other, like we're je- we're affectionate people, not with everyone in the whole wide world, but that's just like, if I'm in a, in a safe friendship or whatever, I want to touch you. I want to not have to police that if you're comfortable with it, obviously consent friends. But <laughs> I think there's like this importance to realize like a big piece of me has been missing mm-hmm. for a year and a half. Yeah. I, that's a lot of us. We're all touch starved out here and we're all like, you know, fucking horny as hell. I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> Some of us. It's true. Guys. Girl. It's true. Um, I will say that something that has been, I mean, I'm. this is a safe space, right? I can be oh, a little God. ratchet. Yeah, yeah. You can so um, one of my friends with benefits from uh, here in town. There's a sentence I don't say. Go ahead. One yeah. of my well, I don't, I mean, he's my only friends with benefits at the moment, um, but I've had multiple before. But one of my friends with benefits, uh, uh, he's married and he's his partner and him agreed that during COVID, until there's a vaccine, he wasn't going to like, you know, sleep with anybody else. And I was like, all right, that's cool. It's understandable. And I was kind of hoping that like he was going to be like my one person during COVID that like we could still keep hooking up and like we'd be the one person we would have sex with so we could get through this together. Not so, no sex, but we're both vaccinated now. And so now we get to enjoy close, intimate, indoor activities without a mask on. And let me tell you what, can't wait till he comes back tonight, baby. So like safe sex takes on a whole new level. (laughs) Safe sex is like now, yes. 
Listen, let me tell you what, these assholes, like, there's some, like, people on, like, on Grindr and stuff, like, the, like, having the, the word vaxxed in your profile, it makes you a high-ticket person. I'm telling you. Um, and also, if you're listening to this and says, all, all gay people are whores, you're right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not true. It's just, we talked about That's this not true. on the Kate and Colby um, like, show. Um, about, about, uh... It's just preference, different people. Yeah. And it goes across a, the gamut. So, like, yeah. me being a straight, super monogamous person doesn't mean that all straight people are super monogamous. Yeah. Or super straight, for that matter. Mm-mm. I wish I was just like. And also, I want to, like, just I'm like. a little bit queer, right? Maybe? No. I think you're a little. I think you're a little bit queer because, like, I think, like, I mean, like, I'm not going to, like, put your business out there, but I think that. If you think. I mean, the fact that you brought that up, I'm just saying. And I might be a little bit queer. Like, why else would you think that? I mean, I think it's... Unless it's a possibility. I don't want to fetishize it. I don't want to, like, try to be special. Well, why would you be... Like, when when you say, I'm a little bit queer, what do you mean by that? I might be a little bit queer. Or, like, am I a little bit queer? What Uh, do you think? I don't know. I just... The thing that's hard... Not hard. It's not hard. Uh, I'm not attracted to women at all. That's fine. I know. I mean, I know it's fine. But it... Hey... It feels like it would be life would be a little easier if I was. Hmm. I know incredible women. Well, here's the thing I will say is that I've had a friend of mine who didn't know they were queer until like they didn't know it was po- the way they put it is like I didn't know it was possible to be like one percent queer, and there's going to be that one person out there that's just going to just change your mind. Oh. And then they met their partner, who's a non-binary person, uh, a fab. Uh, and do you know what I mean when I say AFAB? Mm-mm, Assigned female at birth. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, and AMAB would be assigned male at birth. So the more so you know. I'm AFAB. You are an AFAB person. I'm an AMAB person. Um, but yeah, and so they've been with their partner for years now, and it's like, it just makes sense. I mean, like, looking at, looking at her, I'm just like, girl, you didn't know? Um, but then there's other people who are just like, you know, there's, I think that the folks who also, like, fall into demisexual and asexual spectrums. Which is, de- demisexual is, we, you and I are investigating if I'm demisexual. So demisexual are I honestly are, think you are. I, I am. So demisexual are people who are, can only be attracted sexually to people that they are intimately, wait, who they really know really Demisexual well. and. Demisexual individuals usually do not have any sort of sexual attraction towards someone or like even if it's like, you know, you can appreciate the aesthetics like, oh, that person's hot. But like the actual like feeling of wanting to have sex with someone usually doesn't arise until you have a deeply emotional connection to them. Does that make sense? So just like it makes like, sense. I just don't know if it's true for me. Well, OK, so if given the opportunity I think maybe you just don't know, like, what you like, maybe. I, don't I know. think maybe, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there was a season in my life where I dated the same person over and over again. Like, a similar person. Um, so I know that I'm Oh, like, serious. Okay. <laughs> well, listen. Sexuality is a lifelong journey. Today, yes. today, you might be a straight woman. Tomorrow, you might be a queer cosmos. You don't know. Oh, there's hope to, for me yet. I mean, that's, I mean, I talked to Andre Henry one time. He's like, well, right now I'm straight, I think. Oh, that man. 
And that's the way, like, what maybe we should all think about is like, right now, I think I'm straight, but I don't know. Maybe something will happen. You never, like, some, somebody could turn the, that's the thing about me is like, if some, like, I have been attracted to AFAB people before who are like non binary queer folks. And I used to, I used to think that I could only be attracted to somebody with a penis, Mm. but that's not so for me. Like, I think trans men are so lovely. Like, I've been attracted to so many trans men and I've been on dates with so many trans men. Um, and just, they, it's fun. Like, there's like, can the, like, I ask, the, is this okay to ask? Do they skew towards like a feminine aesthetic? It kind of runs the gamut, honestly. Oh, okay. Like some guys, some trans guys are like super mask or like, but I think about like a lot of trans guys that I meet who are super healthy too, is that mm-hmm. they don't like, I've been thinking a lot about this. I like within queer culture and it's like queer relationships, there's just a lot of playfulness and flirtiness and like. just that kind of love and affection that's given beyond just what would be considered normal by some folks. I think that might be a little bit why I said maybe I'm, you know, because I think I, my most healthy friendships, Mm -hmm. not most healthy friendship, but that are the ones that are include queer folks. They feel like they're most expressive. They're most real. They're most, Mm -hmm. they're the depth the because they're they've done the hard work they've done the excavating of who they are and what they want right. and no i that's um that's not the first time i've heard that and i also think it's highly accurate mm-hmm. because um you know like you know richard Rohr talks about the first and second half of life and a lot of like you know we had to go through it pretty early a lot of us mm-hmm. and so we enter now that i will say you i mean not all of it some people get stuck in the trauma, stuck in that identity. And like, I th- I feel so much unhealth within the queer community. I mean, there's unhealth in every community and I'm just picking on mine because that's what I see and I observe. Right. But like the, like the pain that has come from like religious trauma, even if you didn't grow up religious, just like culturally. Right, because it's a, it's a million <sighs> that you're in. Yeah. Anyways, um, see, this actually brings us to the question that I think this is such a big question because it has many layers. Yes, uh, and it was really vulnerable. I can't yeah. say that word the way Americans do. Vulnerable, vulnerable, Vul- vulnerable with an ol. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, has to do exactly with all of the things we're talking about. Um, so, can you ask? Ask the question. This comes from yes. a friend of ours, from our new friend, someone yeah. who's just a new listener. We're excited about this. Hi, um, and uh, they said that they met us through the Kate and Colby show. So thanks for Kate and Colby for the recommendation. Yes. Um, this is from Steve. We'll call him Steve. Uh, Steve says, "I'm 25 years old, queer Presbyterian from New Zealand. So he's a Kiwi." Ooh. Um. <laughs> uh. Wanted up to follow up. Comments that Kevin made about masculinity on the Kate and Colby show. I was wondering Great. if you could explore the idea of men taking on the idea of being the quote bride of Christ. I also, comma more personally, comma, have been reflecting lots recently on finding my identity and wondering how much of my identity, interests, tastes, attractions, etc., are built on heteronormativity slash toxic masculinity and its expectations. In parentheses, which may have a very New Zealand expression in the rugby-loving-beer-drinker kind of way, un parentheses, as well as queer expectations, 
uh, of like, you know, musical theater, you know, with a little bit of feminine. So the question is, do you have any advice or tools for deconstructing heteronormativity and or toxic masculinity? Thanks for your awesome work. Love, Steve. Woo. Thanks, Steve. Um, we love you, too. Yeah. Uh, I, well, he didn't say, oh, he didn't say we lo- he loved us, but I love you, Steve. We still love you. Um, Are you single? <laughs> here, I want to say, as we talk about this New Zealand culture, having grown up with family from Northern England, uh, it's a similar culture. And also Kevin and I have spent the predominant part of our adult life, although this year will be the switch for me where I've been in California longer than in the South, but in the South, which has a similar, I'd call it the football Budweiser culture. Oh, yeah. So I feel like we can talk a little bit into Friday Night Lights, baby. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like we can talk a little bit into this, Steve, Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that hopefully will have some resonance to the experience you've had. Yeah. So can we start off by just like, let's define real quick heteronormativity and toxic masculinity. Sure. Sure. Um, What is what would you say toxic masculinity is, Sarah? I think toxic masculinity, um, which is I can't wait to talk a little bit about this, is this idea that a man is a certain thing. And that certain thing is, imagine the conversations we had uh, about hunter-gatherer. So a man Mm. is to be the provider, strong. Um, It's Mm anti-emotionalism. It's, uh, so no expression. So think about when a baby is born and people say, he's so strong, he's so, right? The words that we use to reinforce a boy Mm -hmm. um, brings about toxic masculinity. So what happens is it doesn't mean that the child experiences any less emotions. They just can't express them as much. In fact, what's Mm -hmm. really interesting, there's been a couple studies done in the last couple of years that um, infant boy babies actually have a higher emotional intelligence than infant female babies. Interesting. Uh Interesting. But then it gets stamped out because it's not used or developed. Right. <gasps> Bitch. Um, and so girls start to develop it because it's nurtured in them. It's nurtured in them and expected out of them. But then there's expected. Also... Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yes, there is this really. So toxic masculinity is this idea that I need to repress, repress, repress. Uh, and then that becomes my identity. So who I am is not an expression of who maybe I actually am. It's an expression of what the culture around me is. Do you mm. want to add anything to toxic masculinity? Yes, um, I would say just like just like to put a little, little just like a sentence definition. Toxic masculinity is the belief and practice of um, male behaviors that are considered normal that are actually quite harmful to everyone, including men. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and heteronormativity, I would just say that's just kind of the water we swim in. It's just. Meaning that straight and cisgender is the assumed norm. And within that is kind of all the gender expectations that come with it for men and women. Here's an example of that. So if you're uh, meeting a a couple that are same gendered and you say to them, so which one's the boy and which one's the girl? Yeah, that's that's an example of that. Or the expectation that, um, you know, uh, well, I mean, we'll even say within like gay male culture, there is still uh, this thing that's the aspiration of hetero. Like, you know, it's the mythical norm is what Audre Lorde calls it. Yeah. And so, you know, when people think about when he, people hear LGBTQ, the first thing they're going to think about is Queer Eye. And the first mm-hmm. thing they're probably going to think about is Jonathan Van Ness, which I kind of love. But they also might <laughs> just be thinking about, um, oh, God, I hope they actually think about Jonathan Van Ness. He's actually quite wonderful. They are. Excuse me. 
Uh, they're quite wonderful. Um, they are so much you that I had a really tough time. Just a side note. <laughs> When the first episodes came out, um, oh. I had a very strong negative reaction to Jonathan Venice. No, so did I. And then my friend nailed it for me and goes, because it's Kevin and you don't like someone trying to be Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, it's because it's one of my best friends, but that's not one of my best friends. It's like, listen, scarcity mindset was coming for both of us in that moment. I you know, know what I'm saying? We overcame me. that. It bothered me because I felt like, I felt like it was... And then I realized that that's actually that person. Like I realized Jonathan mm. Venice is Jonathan Venice and yay to see you, uh, mm. iteration of you that yeah. has been accepted on a global yeah. sphere. But Ooh. I had a little weird protection of you. Like it was a weird, like I, you're not Kevin. <laughs> I, I think, I think actually like now that you're saying that is I had a couple of different reactions was like Jonathan Van Ness. I saw him and it was like, oh my God, he's so gay. Or just like, he's just like, oh my God, why are you that? Because I thought that he was putting on airs. I thought that he was like, oh, you're living into the stereotype of a queer male-bodied yes, same, human. Same, same, And then once once I realized, I said, oh no, that's really you. It just kind of melted away. And I was like, oh my gosh, and you're I so free. Love. I was like, he's, he's free. I said, you, and also anytime that we have, like, I think that queer folks like have a negative reaction to like the effeminate, uh, especially within um, people who are red or coded as male, um, you're just reacting to the fact I'm like that person feels free enough to do yes. that, yeah. And you're fucking yes. mad that you can't. Can't. Oh, but guess what? You could, but you won't. And you're scared, and you're mad that you're scared, and you're mad that you can't for whatever reason. You feel that there's a block there. There's not. There's an opportunity. Come on, somebody. I didn't come to preach, but I will. I think we should. What you're hearing steve if you're listening i hope you are um is that we recognize in ourselves so often mm. that the thing that we are most frustrated about is that the thing that we cannot in ourselves express the oh, number hello. the number of times you hear about a i'll use the christian culture uh, a christian pastor who is so anti-lgbtqia mm -hmm. and also and then, very don't cheat on your wife right they are definitely cheating on their wife with a man. <laughs> like it's oh, like, no, you better spit. That's the tea. That's fucking tea, mom. Like they are coming out of this place of I can't do it. I can't be me. So they can't be them. That is the definition almost of toxic masculinity. If, if, Bitch, if it hello. doesn't look like the thing that I think it should look like, then I need to destroy it because when mm -hmm. I was a kid, because I was gonna... shamed. Mm -hmm. I was shamed for the ways I behaved in whatever, say all the things. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's really harsh and hard is women are also very negatively affected by toxic masculinity. I've yeah. noticed this in myself. Um, I tend to like the artist, creative, whatever, but he better be also tough, right? Like, mm. whoa, no, that was too sensitive, right? But I need to yeah, be yeah, sensitive you get... enough. Like, what is this tightrope I'm asking people to walk, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is that tightrope? And I think anytime we have our expectations of others not based on who they are, mm -hmm. but based on this, like, norm. But yeah. the norm is never the norm. Guys, yeah. it's never the norm. And that's, that's, I think, what I think when we're, like, when, like, 
you know, what are the things you must do to like deconstruct and dismantle your, um, you know, the colonized mind, the heteronormative uh, thinking, the binary thinking that we're Mm -hmm. trained in. We A, have to recognize that we were trained a certain way, like like the way that we're thinking it may feel completely normal, but we have to recognize it's just normative. It's what someone else said was normal. And normal right. is a moving target depending on culture, time, context, persons, etc. We all please, know that. We all know that everything. Again. Normal is a moving target. Normal is a moving target. Mm-hmm. Based on, I don't remember what all I said, but you all can play it back if you need me to. Or if you need to. Uh, and so once you recognize that, once you recognize that, Uh, normal like because like here's the deal is like one of my best friends in the entire world is uh kind of the mythical norm if you will like you know he is a straight cisgender Mm -hmm. uh classically good looking blonde hair blue eyes he is a hunk of a man he's also my best friend in the whole world and incredibly sensitive incredibly kind incredibly healthy he is great musician and you know just a wonderful person like you know he fits like he has all this privilege in the world and yet what I love about this is that he recognizes that he fits that and the friendships that he has created are people who are not like him, are people who like he has so he's black friends. He has Asian friends. He does Taekwondo with an autistic Muslim dude. Uh, he does. Mo- he most, just- of, most of his uh, most of his close friends here in Atlanta are queer just because that's Mm. the circle that he ended up with. And so, like, and I'm Mm. talking, like, he hangs out with us. Or, like, we hang out all together most of the time because he's part of our family. And for the past year, like, that's, he's been my rock in many ways. And so, like, I want to, like, I kind of want to, like, flip the script a little bit to say, like, I think the way that we deconstruct heteronormativity and toxic masculinity is to talk about the ways that we need to, as some people might say, queer our spaces, queer our expectations of all kinds of relationships, queer our expectations of everyone. And by that, I mean, blow the walls off what you think other people should be or do or act or look like. And just rather than like thinking someone should be something, marvel at what they are. I also think it comes from a deep self-knowing. Mm-hmm. So Steve, if you're you're wondering how do I deconstruct this stuff? The only way you're gonna be able to deconstruct it is getting quiet with yourself um, and wondering, is this something I really value and want or is it something I've been told that I value and want? When do mm-hmm. I feel most me? Because yeah. I have had gay friends who I absolutely adore who have had shame around the fact that they aren't quote unquote gay enough, right? Really? Uh-huh. When they uh, say that, when they say that, what do you mean? What do they mean, do you think? Well, this particular friend that I'm thinking of right now drives a big old truck and hunts and is in the South. That right? to me is so hot. Uh, but feels like they cannot comment on the culture or be part of the culture because they are not, quote unquote, gay enough. Mm. Interesting. Uh, this is also so, something, some, this is what we would call... Um, Metronormativity, the belief that uh, queer metronormativity, the belief that cities and a particular kind of lifestyle is indicatively more queer and therefore more valid. I think it all comes back to two, if we're going to be honest from the I don't want to be honest. We've always been honest. That's us. No, uh, I want to be dishonest right now. So much of it is um, commercial 
So much of it is uh, what can we sell and buy? What Girl, can be hello. shown on TV shows? What can be expressed as the the thing to fight against the world and the church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that Bride of Christ part of it too, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is this package deal. Um, the the quote-unquote commercial world says, this is what a gay looks like. Boom, puts it over here. And oh, and the you, church like, says, perfect, says... Perfect example from last week. Uh, fucking whatever, the gay bachelor dude, what was his name? Underwood, Colton Underwood. Yeah, yeah. Colton Underwood. That's the perfect example. Right. Sorry. So this is what it looks like. And then the church, the quote unquote church, it's by the way, it's not the church universal because Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, there are tons of us who don't believe this, but mm. there is this church normative story too. Yeah. This is what the global church believes, but it's not guys. That's really, really not. Oh but yeah. That, uh, that's the thing to fight against. Mm-hmm. So they're coming for your wives. They're coming. We, but now they're not coming for our wives. They don't give a shit about our wives. That's not what they want. There's this whole thing that keeps us distracted from getting into ourselves mm-hmm. and into our honest desires Ooh. and wants. Because otherwise... Can we, rip, pause. Can we run that back real quick? Mm-hmm. There are things... You said there are things that are distracting us from getting into ourselves. And that right there, the anger that we have, like the things that wounded us, mm-hmm. it's real. And mm-hmm. at some point, if you keep holding on to it, it becomes a distraction. Come on. Yep. Becomes a distraction. All these things, like, it, it distracts us from the reality, from reality, honestly. Hello, so, from reality itself. And then if I just buy the thing that makes me more masculine, or I buy the thing that makes me more feminine, or I buy the... Or do the thing. Or do the thing, like, right? Go to the gym, get big muscles. For dudes, like, let me tell you what, every boy out here is trying to get bigger titties right now. I didn't know that until recently. I love calling pecs titties. I love that you call that. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're fine. I think, yeah, I just, there's a car alarm going off in the background for me too, so don't worry. It's I okay. Th- I think that we have to get to a point where we are asking better questions for people to be able to answer for themselves. Yeah. Instead of giving answers to questions that nobody was asking. Ho! I want to frame that <laughs> and put that in um, a cross stitch. I think, mm-hmm. and that's really scary because it get lets go of control. I can't control how you're going to answer that. I can't mm. control what that's going to mean for my community. I yeah. can't control. But I tell you what, a bunch of free people are the scariest and most beautiful thing in the world because they are just living into themselves. It's not affecting me. I'm, I, I don't even have to grab at things. I don't have mm-hmm. to have toxic masculinity because I'm just myself. And there is nothing sexier. We talk about whether I'm a demisexual or not. I love a man who, or just a human, who has a thing. Whatever the thing might be, it's their thing. They just love it. They are into it. They'll talk about mm-hmm. it because that's their thing. It's true. It's real. And I think that's the thing is we all are so distracted that we're not focusing on what is the thing that I no. want and need and haven't been sold. If it's to be that rugby guy in New Zealand, your accent, by the way, honey, that's giving you so much mm. play. Girl, if you, if you want to listen, if you, if you want to listen. sink a little bit more into your, your, your heteronormativity, you can come to America. You would clean up nicely. Probably. Let's be honest. <laughs> you guys would be all into you, my friend. It's also, queer, also, you're in. I mean, I'm an also just like, just as a single human right now, um, 
if I come to Australia, if I come to the Aussie land, if I come out in that area, take me on a date. Uh, Show me New Zealand and Australia are far apart. I know that, but like they're like right there, right? Ish. It's like yeah. they're like they're they're like the Canada of of the of that area, right? Mm-hmm. Kinda, because mm-hmm. they're Further. just right there. The yeah. neighbors to the north. It's a flight. Mm-hmm. It's a flight away. Mm-hmm. And as someone who plans on being very rich this year, <laughs> we're working on it. That we're manifesting that. Listen, we're going to be very rich. We're going to pay off our debt, and oh, I've got so many exciting things in the works. Um, you do. Uh, I feel like we. So r- real quick, Let's I want to. I want to say into the bride of Christ thing because I think that's a big thing. I know we're getting towards the end of this episode, yeah. but can we tap into that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to say real quick, just like asking the questions. I've been reflecting lots about like how much of your identity, interests, taste, attractions. That is very true. So what I would do is like diversify your tastes. A follow people. Follow people of color. Follow indigenous folk. Follow uh, trans uh, trans folk. Follow fat bodies. Follow fat people. Yes. Oh my God! Follow fat people. Yes. They have changed my life and how I think about my body and how I love myself. Even though I'm not, you know, I'm not a fat person, but just like I tell you what, just like I'm now able to access parts of myself that I never thought possible because I see liberated fat people saying, "Literally, fuck all of you. I am joy," and I'm like, ah, I want it. And and you look at uh, like Ariel Astoria, who is. A wonderful human to me. Follow her. She's fantastic. She's been a great friend. Uh, yesterday had this whole thing about her breasts. And I thought, I could never talk about my breasts publicly. I have always been a tiny person with big old boobs. And that's like supposed to be like the hot norm, but it was always something mm. I hid, right? Um, oh my God. I know. Uh, Sarah. I, mean, I know. They're smaller because of all the eating disorder stuff I went through a long time. But I, I loved her like whole, no, here they are. And I thought your strength Mm. is giving me strength. Like Mm. it's just this beautiful thing that you, exactly what you're saying, where if you follow people who are quote unquote different than you, you Mm -hmm. discover that all of us, we've got the shared experience of humanity. And when we limit ourselves to this heteronormative Mm -hmm. story, we miss out. We We miss out so much which also leans wonderfully into the idea of uh this is something my friend sue ann shaw taught me and like this idea is like you know if we're gonna like play the role of binary in that there's male and female and like blah 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 even in that there's a little bit of transgressive nature within it because um sue ann says that that men or people who are coded as men or like who are masculine um have to learn what it is to become the bride of Christ. And mm. women or daughters, you know, sons have to become brides and daughters have to become the firstborn. They have to become the heir to the throne. They have to become, they have to learn what it means it. to be a firstborn son. Uh, with like, so in that role, like, you know, a feminine person learning what it is to take on authority, you know, in the in the classical sense, you know, from, you know, ancient times, but which even in ancient times, it's a very transgressive idea that a woman would rise up to power. I'm thinking Deborah, I'm thinking Ruth, I'm thinking, oh gosh, yeah. you know, um, uh, Sephora, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, you know, we can go on and on and on. And so men, the idea of becoming the bride of Christ is like, okay, so what was a bride in this time? It was someone who in some ways, uh, had to did not have power what is it to lose your power 
What is it mm. to submit to an authority? What is it? And, and you know, maybe in like in a way that's... A, yeah. yeah, and by that I mean like maybe just like, um, I would say that different ways like yielding to wisdom, if you will. Mm. What is wisdom it to... Wisdom is always feminine in the Bible, by the way. Hello, come on. What is it to be soft and, you know, you know, in the classical sense, you know, women are the feminine energy is soft, it's nurturing, it's, um, it's you know, what is it to like, you know, become, you know, be with child or like, you know, to have that level of creation in you, you know, it's, there's so many. And so like, what is it to like subvert your expectations of everything that you think it is? And that to me is the cosmic Christ is the, like the universal everything. What is it to become like the everything? I think as I've been processing how hard it is for me, um, cause you can only like step with, in your narrative in some ways, like you can mm-hmm. only evaluate some of these things from your experience. Um, and as a woman who presents as strong, even though I have some sensitive sides to me a lot, I'm very quote unquote feminine in a lot of normal ways, I guess, if you want to say normative. Um, I realize how much I felt unpartnerable because I'm so quote unquote strong because toxic masculinity even tells women that if you are presenting as strong, you need to back away and be mm. less. And then you're fetishized where people want you to be strong all the time. And that's not me at all. I have a mm-hmm. very sensitive side and, you are and a, everybody loses in this equation. Let me tell you what, Sarah, you are very strong. It's one of those things where just like, but you are like, you're like a, you're like a clam. It's just like, I'm hard on you know, I can get shit done. I'm making a pearl in here, but I'm squishy on the inside. I am squishy on the, I'm so sensitive and people don't know that about oh. me. And that's the thing. Like, I'm like, I'm a Scorpio. It's like Scorpios will sting you and will probably kill you. But like, heaven forbid you ever crack through our shell because we're, we keep that, we're moochie. We're just, a, we're just a big exo. I'm a big exoskeleton. Okay. Okay. Even in real life, if you touch my skin, it's like click, click, click. It's, it's my skin. <laughs> I'm a Virgo. What does that mean about me? I don't know anything. It means that you're neurotic. It means that you want everything your way. It means that you've got a plan, though. I sound oh! terrible. No, Virgos are quite dope. You know what we need to do? We need to get, um, oh my God, on our live show, let's get my friend Lauren to read our charts. That would be fun. Uh, amazing. Okay. All right. This show has been fun. I hope it's been helpful. Yeah. We got into some really deep waters. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, and it's something that you and I, a lot of our work has been around trying to deconstruct these things and help people because what Mm. often happens is is people are deconstructing faith structures. They're also deconstructing like all of these understandings. Yeah. It's usually a one or the other. Like a lot of times people will deconstruct those things and then go, wait a minute. Yeah. It's it's a circle. And the thing is just like, just deconstruct everything all at once. Just like, what is it? Just break all your idols, if you will. You know, break all your idols. Uh, anyways, uh, this has been an episode of your favorite aunts. Favorite aunts. We love you very much. We do love you. Um, take care of yourself. Make, make good decisions. Sh- drink some water. Um, mm-hmm. Take your meds. Um, any announcements or things you want to promote before we get off the air? Gosh, I think maybe uh, if you are following us, if you could subscribe, that's super helpful for us. Yes, share please. it. Um, and we are like, working on YouTube subscribe. content mm-hmm. uh, once we start recording. So get excited for that. Um, but yeah, tell people about us. 
Yeah. Um, and what I've loved is like I'm seeing that every single episode is having more and more downloads each one. And so and they're increasing a hundredfold each time. So it's like, ooh, listen, let me tell you what, it's going to continually ex- expand. So um, thanks, gang. Um, in the future, when we're doing these in live shows, you're going to be able to comment. You're going to be able to watch live and interact with us in like a meaningful way. Um, and we're going to have really cool guests and it's just going to be like, it's going to be the best fucking thing ever. So just keep an eye on our social media. Like as the Carpenters once said, we've only just begun. We've only just begun to To live. live. The cookie monster came in everyone. That was weird. Um, (laughs) um, so, oh, hi, Tippy. Tippy says, hi, everyone. It's time Um, for a walk. Uh, it is time for a walk for her. So the things I want to promote is um, starting. Stop, girl. Get down. Get down. Get down. Thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Peaches Christ. Um, that's like a drag queen I love. I'm going on tour this summer. Uh, starting on May 28th, I'm going to be getting in my car and literally road tripping around the U.S. Um, we are going to Atlanta, Fort Lauderdale, Austin, possibly Dallas, Oklahoma City, Denver. San Diego, LA, San Francisco, uh, Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, possibly Chicago, Columbus, Ohio, Nashville, and then Wild Goose Baby with a possible, uh, with a possible wonder fully made uh, retreat happening in Asheville uh, at the very end, right before uh, Wild Goose. So keep your eyes on my social media. All dates are tentative. All cities are tentative. Nothing's in stone. So for, here's the thing. We're piecing this together. I'm on a shoestring budget. So here's what I need. A, A of all, if you've got a big-ass backyard and you want to let me use it. You better tell somebody. I will cut you in. You'll get paid a little bit, you know. We'll cut you in on the ticket sales. Uh, two, um... I want you to leave a comment and uh, follow us everywhere and then tell me if you live in any one of those cities or near these cities. Um, three, who do you want to hear? Like, who do you want to come and have these, like, fun... Who's local that you, like, feel like you can't connect with but yeah, you want to hear from? Local connects. And I also want to hear about local organizations who are doing dope stuff for the queer community. So please hit me with your recommendations there because 11% of all ticket sales are going to the whatever's local um in atlanta we're going yes bitch we got merch coming out it's gonna be so hot and sexy i'm gonna be signing books plus i'm going on i'm like this is you know as um it's happening it really is happening i can't fucking believe can you i can't believe i can't believe you know what you always you know what when i couldn't when i couldn't even you always could i always could even yeah you all Actually, like, okay, so this is how fucking gay I am. Uh, is I wrote my vows down one time. I wrote it. It's so beautiful. I think it's I've read so, them. Oh God. Are so, they a note in your phone? No, they're on. It's a, it's on a Google Doc. Um, and sometimes, and sometimes I go back and I read them. And I'm like, God, this is beautiful. But God, you're so gay. <laughs> so gay. Um. Speaking of being gay, um, I'm late for something, so I should probably get off the this All thing. Right. This has been um, wonderful. Thank this you. has been a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Favorite Ants. If you want to send your questions, shoot us an email 
uh, to askyourfavoriteants at gmail.com. All submissions will remain anonymous unless you want us to drag somebody in public for you, in which case, I mean, like, spill the tea. <laughs> so send us your questions on relationships, spirituality, politics, deconstruction, etc., etc., all the things. And you can follow me across social media at Rev Sarah Heath. You can follow me across social media at the Kevin Garcia. My website's thekevingarcia.com. Mine's revsarahheath.com. And this has been a podcast that's a part of the Irreverent Media Group. So follow them and all of our great stuff at irreverent.fm. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Make good, Make good choices. I love Thanks you. So much. I'll we see love you me. later. Bye. We're so proud of you. Oh, you're so cute.